welcome to Too Long Didn't Read with TK Spiff. I'm your host, TK Spiff, and this is a podcast where we digest some of the top news in tech and media over the past month and condense them down so you don't have to. I'm doing this a little differently this month, and I'm recording my intro after I've spoken to my guests. I was joined by a couple of very, very special guests, uh, three people that have amassed their own respective large followings in the food blogger and social media space. I was joined by Kaz and Joe also known as Food Bays on Instagram. They set up a social media page last year to showcase some of the amazing recipes and and dishes that they created. And with the world seemingly opening back up with the reopening of indoor dining, for example, I'm sure you're going to see a lot more of their posts at your favourite restaurants. I was also joined by Alona, aka Gluten-Free Gatherer on Instagram. She focuses on these fantastic gluten-free and vegetarian options from your favourite restaurants and favourite supermarkets, as well as gluten-free recipes and really, really in-depth gluten-free product reviews. We spoke about their use of social media, their thoughts on the future of the social media influencer, and a little bit about the term itself and what it actually means to be an influencer. But um, yeah, I'll stop rambling in a second. But the last thing I'd say is if you are listening to this podcast on a platform that allows you to like, review and subscribe, please do so. That'd be really, really kind. But yeah, that's enough for me. Uh, Let's just get straight into the conversations. Guys, thank you very much for joining me today. I know that the world's opening back up, so you guys probably do have plans. So I do really appreciate you joining me today. No, no worries. Do you guys want to give a brief uh, introduction, kind of background about who you are, what you do? Do we introduce ourselves as food base? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> basically i'm Kaz, joe. joe and yeah we just i suppose we started an instagram in like march last year it was actually before mm. the pandemic this is if you knew it, yeah yeah so the original idea it was because we were going out quite a lot and eating mm. in nice places in london so we just thought we're taking photos anyway why don't we post them for the world to see yeah and then two weeks later we weren't allowed to go out anymore so we had to iterate and joe started cooking and i started taking photos of that instead <laughs> so joe was it did you start cooking because of the pandemic have we always been into, I've, into I've the always, kitchen yeah, i've always been into the kitchen yeah. always been a bit of a foodie okay but that de- definitely more since lockdown just because you've got more time in your hands yeah not getting, not getting off the tube after a long day you know it's, it's a lot easier so it's been it's been a pro of lockdown got you. Time to cook. what would you say are because i've been on your instagram uh, I love it. Um, and I love the way you, you, you guys use your, your social media channels, but and and the pictures as well. That's 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 one of the. I'm always really impressed by by the pictures. But I just wanted to understand what was what's the inspiration behind your dishes? Like, is it oh, I just fancy this today, or I've seen this somewhere and let me recreate it? So it's quite random to be honest. I mean, we we used to this. This sounds a bit boring, but we used to plan on a <laughs> on a Sunday. We would plan, and it would be either a mixture of looking at um, recipe books or just stuff that came to us and uh, and go-to dishes and oh, then yeah. that's how it would happen there's been a couple of dishes that I've dreamt about <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so you just wake up and just write it down like, before you forget the dream yeah exactly I think you were watching too much MasterChef at yes, that point yes a lot of cooking programs oh, yeah, I, I, I love cooking programs things like um, Chef's Table on Netflix mm. and then just shit right down to Saturday Kitchen so yeah just going out to eat reading recipe books watching programs and things I've put in the past and just yeah and and some of it's convenience as well especially in the week and what what is necessarily not going to take too long and then potentially then last you to lunch the next day as well 
so it's all it's all a bit random really <laughs> random but like i feel like there is a logic to it so yeah, yeah it's a, that sounds good what i really wanted to focus on was like so i'm really impressed again i follow i follow you I, i'm really impressed by your use of social media and the fact that you've amassed such a such a strong following on social media mm-hmm. in what over just over a year do you like, i feel there's a always a stigma around the world do you see yourselves as influencers <laughs> Um, no. 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 Okay. What? Okay. What is an influencer to you then? I say no, but I wouldn't. Yeah, and I would say there's a stigma around being an influencer. We do cook stuff that other people go on to cook. So then, is that influencing? Not in the sure. sense of like an influencer that advertises stuff and sells stuff, but like we are hopefully influencing people to cook. Yeah, I mean, I mean we, we didn't set out to, when I think of the word influencer, I think someone that's actually almost doing it as their career. Yeah. Is use, and using social media to build a brand and as Kat was saying, sell different products. We're, we're not doing that. It's more just, you know, people, two people that had too much time on their hands and, uh, and have set it up and it's gone organically. Yes. And yeah, you, 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 you're the brains, really. I just cook. I but, do um, the social media yeah. and the pictures and Joe does the cooking, so. Yeah, so equally important bit, so. so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you do one without the other. Well, we yeah, do, absolutely. We do get quite a few people saying they've done the recipes and, you know, and get inspiration from that. So I guess that there is an element of influencing. But not, yeah, not, not in the way that other people would. Um... Describe it. Or... Yeah. Yeah, no, you have influenced me. Like I've sat on, I don't know, a random Thursday and seen something you've cooked, and like, oh, cool, I'm gonna get the ingredients. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go and do it. So, <laughs> yeah. I guess in in like the strict definition of the word, you are influencers. Yeah. But yeah, I do, I do, I do get what you mean. <laughs> um, what I've seen on social media and in terms of an online community, especially food bloggers, food people who use like social, food pages on social media, they do tend to be very like supportive of each other. And they, like, they're always like reposting each other's pictures or reposting each other. Oh, go follow this person, go follow that person. Is that is that a safe assumption? Because I've seen you on I don't know, um, like Mob Kitchen's page and I was like, oh, that's awesome. It seems like they do. People, people do like reach out and there's a lot of like camaraderie in, in, in this food blogger world yeah I think I think being featured on Mob Kitchen is probably the highlight of our career no yeah definitely I think um, food pages seem to like as you say follow each other and I think as well like for us we follow other food pages to get more inspiration mm. for our pages so yeah I think there is definitely like a community where people support each other in there they're, your, they're kind of your first audience as well as so those food bloggers because it's their their interests. Yeah, yeah. Just saying, you get um, influenced, influenced, influenced. Yeah, by, yeah. but inspired by each other. So yeah, I think naturally they're the ones that follow you and reshare. So it does feel supportive. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay, that that does make sense actually. If you are like up and coming in the food blog world, who better to follow than people who have done it? You can get inspired. Yeah, that makes sense. You can get a lot of inspiration from people that you follow and keeps snowballing from that. So that makes sense. Going back to your amazing, amazing Instagram feed, how do you go about scheduling your post? Like, or is there is there a is there a logic behind a particular scheduling of posts? 
Not really. And like, even I was thinking before when you asked what inspires our dishes, like I think there are certain things that do better than others in terms mm-hmm. of like dishes. And then in terms of times that we post, I mean, Instagram tells you when most of your followers are active. Yeah. Um, if you have like a business account, so they tell you this is the best time to post generally kind of like early evening in the week, actually, there are more people online in the week than there are at the weekend, I think, although maybe that changed during lockdown. Yeah, we just kind of, yeah, start cooking in the evening, maybe earlier, depending on what we're cooking. You, you po- Actually, you post it whilst I'm washing up. Yeah. And then, so yeah. <laughs> So I post it straight after we I post it straight after we and then um, that's it really there's not too much logic to it I just like to get it out get out of washing up yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's a good yeah that's a good idea Um, I might try that (laughs) <laughs> just take a picture of the food and just post it on social media no I can't I can't do the washing up so I'm busy yeah. um, okay that's interesting um, and then going back to the idea of being an influencer and again I'm not saying that you, you guys are influencers you you both have like full-time day jobs and this isn't your main source of income but if and when you do get reached out to by other food bloggers or other restaurants and stuff like that in terms of sponsorship from that how do you decide okay this is someone I'd be happy to work with and like are there any situations where you might decline working with a particular person so I'm not going to say we've been like inundated with (laughs) offers and we've had a few yeah um, and actually we haven't we've done one like collaboration it's basically like a, a local deli who we genuinely shop at a lot and they asked if we would create some recipes for them um, that they could put in the shop and they could put in their social media. Um, so that was something that we were, like we genuinely would want to support a local shop and we genuinely support the ingredients that they that they sell. Mm-hmm. And then there have been other businesses that have messaged us about things that we wouldn't generally use in our cooking or day-to-day life so we yeah we haven't posted about them or haven't accepted the offer of sending something because we know we're not going to like it so there's no point wasting their products on us yeah so is it is it a case of like there has to be some sort of authentic connection with yeah either I, the brand or either like the recipes or the ingredients you actually can use whether they're sourced in a particular way or it has to be you know you have to actually believe in it rather than oh here's here's an opportunity yeah I think it comes back to the influencer mm. bit because some influencers probably sell things that they well they definitely sell things that they don't believe in or they wouldn't use so yeah I think there would be we it wouldn't be an authentic post and therefore it would yeah not not be something that we'd want to do yeah and i think part of that comes because it's not it's not our job so if we do if we do get an offer and we want to like we because we want to do it say like that local store we 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 wanted to help them out because we we like the people that run it we you we do use the ingredients so yeah we're more inclined to do it we wouldn't want people to waste their time or money when we don't actually like you know the ingredient and and won't use it it kind of links to my next question and i do appreciate you guys coming and actually speaking to me so this is probably my final question Question. do you have anything again i think i'm gonna i'm gonna compliment you guys love your page is is absolutely amazing and i think like the number of followers you guys have amassed in such a short period of time is also really impressive so do you have any tips or anything you can share with up-and-coming food bloggers or just bloggers in general or people who want to use social media in, in a similar way to you and any tips to how they can grow their audience or kind of just become bigger I don't know 
how it happened. I, I suppose the biggest thing is probably just like posting things that, that people would genuinely easily be able to go away and cook. So like being a bit more relevant, I suppose. And then also things like, like you mentioned, Mob Kitchen. So Mob Kitchen resharing us. They have like half a million followers. So when they reshare, then other people see your page, which I think, so yeah, I think part of it comes from, I suppose, the community of other people sharing your page and therefore you get other people to see it but also making sure that you're posting content that people actually care about and is interesting joe any other tips cat does the social media stuff (laughs) but i I would i would yeah post stuff that you like and you're passionate about Mm -hmm. and and have a bit of an audience in mind i guess ours is ours is quite broad just you know people that are looking for stuff day to day to cook and then you do a lot of yeah that following of the community different food bloggers and the hashtags and kind of stuff and then you're getting reshared and and making sure you're tagging the right people commenting on other people's posts and oh yeah i've seen i've seen you do that yeah i see kaz kaz is a serial serial commenter commenter. (laughs) yeah but i I think to like get to that next stage which i'm not saying we we're gonna do but you know the ones that get kind of tens of thousands and you know if not hundreds of thousands of followers seem to really you know they do a lot of different types of content as well logs and all of that kind of stuff so I, th- I think once you've got to that level of a few thousand, then get into that next one, you have to really put a lot more effort in and vary your content. Yeah. Seek a lot more partnerships. Like at the moment, they kind of it's it's more inbound. As again, we're not inundated, but it, when it happens, it is inbound because I think yeah, people that really take it seriously, you know, really banging the doors of different brands, etc. Awesome. Guys, that actually, though, that was brilliant. Yeah, thanks so much for, for taking the time. Yeah, again, like I said, the world's open. Again, I've got plans later. I'm, I'm sure you guys have plans later, so I won't leave you. I won't um, keep you too long. But again, yeah, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for speaking to me today. Pleasure. Thanks for no having problem. us. Yeah, I feel you. interesting. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that was Kaz and Joe. Thank you to them for, for joining me. Uh, you can find them on Instagram at foodbase. That's foodbase, one word, B-A-E-S. Yeah, let's just get straight into the next conversation with Alona. Alona, thank you for, for speaking with me today. Yeah, it's good to see you. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Do you want to just give a brief background about what you do, what your, like, what your page focuses on? Yeah, of course. My f- uh, page focuses on gluten-free and vegetarian food. I was diagnosed celiac when I was at university, which is an autoimmune disorder, which means I can't digest like gluten and all the kind of wheat and barley and all that kind of stuff. So I struggled a bit back then at university with finding food and finding like recipes. And then I found a couple of pages that were focusing on gluten-free food, but there was none that was also vegetarian because I was also a vegetarian before I was diagnosed. So I kind of thought that maybe that was a little bit of a niche and I wanted to then start a page that kind of focused on that if there were other people that were like me. Um, because once I found those gluten-free pages, I really, really helped me a lot um, and helped with like my cooking and for finding products. So um, that was why then I was influenced to like start my own page in order to then help other people so I think I've been going now for possibly like four years I need to double check um how long I've been going um 
And since then, it's like really, like really exploded. Like there's so many now more uh, pages now. Like when I first started, there was probably less than like 20 people doing it. And now there's just hundreds and hundreds of people. You've definitely seen that in the food industry, like a lot more food bloggers and focusing on that um, and coming up. So it's been quite interesting kind of journey seeing that. You um you used the word you as you said you're influenced mm-hmm. uh, to to start this page and you've amassed quite a really strong following on, on on social media and I do see you interacting with other food sites and food pages as well. Do you see yourself now as a as a, as a social media influencer? Um, and if <laughs> if like what even is an influencer to you? Yeah, it's difficult because I think it's now become a bit of a like a, a hot topic word. Like people don't really want to call themselves that. Like they think it's a bit cringe. But I think once you do have that a kind of little bit of a following, like you do kind of have to accept that what you're posting does have influence, even if it's to like a small number of people. I think especially in the food blogging world, it's a bit more that you have a bit more responsibility and that when you're sharing products or restaurants or recipes, you are actually influencing people to use these things or go to these places. And you can have a bit more of a responsibility in that, um, especially in the gluten-free world that people could then get sick or anything. So that you do have to kind of understand that you can just be posting for fun, but you are actually influencing no matter what kind of um, size of following you have. I would maybe say, I mean, it's <laughs> to call yourself an influencer, but I do except that like my page has influence over my followers and what I recommend and things so I think that's definitely where I kind of see influencing is that when you are kind of recommending or talking about topics and even when if they're very niche and you're able to influence people whether to buy products or to try out different places even if you're like travel your fashion like whatever if you're able to have that recommendation that people then follow up on I think that's definitely where the influence kind of focuses in on yeah I guess it's the strict definition of the word influence yeah Um, if you you influence somebody to do something even even if it's like oh oh, I saw I saw so-and-so post this or so-and-so oh they're using this uh, ingredient oh let me try it then I guess you've influenced someone so mm-hmm. um yeah I guess I guess the term influencer and the job of an influencer is 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 really important in that in that sense I'm thinking about <laughs> the people who they're on social media and I like, appreciate that like, this isn't your day job mm-hmm. um like you have your own profession but do you think the career of professional influencer if you asked me I don't know 20 or so years ago that people could make loads of money off of like social <laughs> media sites and social media posting I'd be like oh that's wild that's crazy um so do you think fast forward 20 years and then fast mm-hmm. forward 20 years into the future do you feel like the career of an influencer is here to stay I think uh, yeah as you said you know one could have probably seen this coming um but um as you said with my day job I kind of do content creation and social media creation as part of my job so it's kind of interesting to see both sides where you can then it's become a career within regular industries like a lot now you see a lot of job postings that are kind of in-house influencers or content creators for lots of different industries. So I kind of see the job of the influencer kind of going that way where it's kind of inserting itself into more traditional marketing and what companies are wanting to do there it's interesting a lot of companies now kind of want their own pages to be like influencer pages and really really 
organic looking like at work we kind of keep calling it full organic where it's like they're ads but they don't look like ads and things so that kind of skill set that comes with being able to be uh, do social media influencing and content creation can then kind of transpire into like what you would more think of like traditional marketing but for people who do it full-time I think I think it will continue on and continue to grow, but it will be a lot harder to get your foot in the door and get your following than it is. Like it, yeah, you're seeing that now more like it's hard to get a large amount of following because it is just quite a saturated market because as opposed to where it was 10 years ago, like the people started 10 years ago and they were able to, because they were the kind of pioneers and um, they were able to get a, a large base early on and then keep that base. Whereas now it's a lot harder to get like a larger base following, but you have kind of seen that where, um, companies are looking more to micro influencers instead of those huge numbers that they see this doesn't give them the engagement and the influence that they were looking for whereas more micro influencers and smaller niche topics and pages are where actually the engagement and the return on the investment uh, does actually come through um so I think that will be where it kind of goes where you get just keep going into more and more niches I think I've seen that I don't know if you're the same where you're following so many random topics of pages like interiors or food and drink or and especially like with TikTok I don't know if you're if you're on TikTok um, <laughs> those pages that are just just for books they're just for plants <laughs> it's like where people are uh, that's where they're building their following of uh, being able to share just such a small niche um <laughs> but I think that's definitely where I think it probably will go in the next 20 years interesting that's interesting I mean you mentioned um yeah I appreciate how hard it is to get your foot in the door mm-hmm. now um and I know that you you have a particular niche mm-hmm. um and your content yeah, your content kind of uh, feeds into that but I just wanted to understand based on the success of your page mm-hmm. uh, the success of your following do you have any tips you can share with up and coming bloggers or users of social media to try and who want to basically use their social media in a way similar to you um, I do appreciate it's a lot tougher now but yeah do you have any tips to uh, how they can grow their audience or just kind of improve engagement and stuff like that yeah definitely I mean I think understanding all the different options you have for content like being able to kind of know how to use reels and tiktok as you said uh, we were talking about being able to just kind of learn every different aspect of these pages you can't just kind of stay in posting um photos and static things anymore it's kind of like you especially with instagram the algorithm really favors now posting a variety of different contents whether it be static video stories you kind of have to cover all those bases so i think being able to learn how to video edit on your phone being able to kind of teach yourself all those different aspects like you don't have to be a professional photographer you don't have to have setups like i just take everything on my phone and then edit it through my phone but being just being able to learn those little skills and being able to create content for different platforms really uh, encourages engagement in the algorithm i think also as you said finding a niche that you really love and is actually you really enjoy talking about it um, and is really important to you obviously not everybody has as I think mine was health-based but like people who love to talk about books and people love to talk about uh, plants or music or gin you know it's kind of like really finding a topic that you actually enjoy talking about because you have to talk about it or post about it pretty much every day in order to be able to have 
the uh, continuous content that unfortunately the algorithm really favors. So that is kind of the most important aspect because, I mean, I've had times where I haven't wanted to create content or wanted to talk about it or you struggle to have things to talk about. So it's finding something that you really love and really enjoy so that you can create continuous and a large amount of content okay that's very interesting is it fair to say the point you made about the fact that people take photos on their phones mm-hmm. um and you can like edit like i've got editing software on my, yeah. on my phone it's that the barrier to entry of this industry has lowered but i guess that mm-hmm. does make it harder to, <laughs> to, to really stand out yeah um, yeah it's interesting because uh i studied like graphic design and video editing at university so then kind of I've learned how to do that like quite a few years ago now but then as you're saying now it's so easy now to like be able to create videos be able to create reels like on your phone so it's harder to make a bit more standout content um, which is when I think where if you have that niche and you have that really good interest in your topic that will come through in what you're making and being able to talk about it because it doesn't have to be high production value as you're saying with the, these editing softwares that you can do on your phone like you can create stuff really easily like in-house on Instagram and TikTok and that just shows in what people are um, engaging with now like it doesn't have to be this huge production but just being able to create content that you enjoy and that your personality comes through as well I think that definitely is what people are latching on to interesting so I've been through your Instagram a number of <laughs> number of times oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, and I see I see the consistency of posting mm-hmm. I see great like a uh, following engagement and for me I'm like oh that, that has x amount of likes that picture yeah. has x amount of likes uh, so other than likes on a particular post is there anything else that you look for like to determine how successful a post is going to be or has been um it's really interesting uh because likes are kind of decreasing in their engagement but now people are and instagram as well is also looking at saving your post so i think okay. that's that's where they're really um focusing on what is a good post is when people save it uh, which is then pushing things up the algorithm it's interesting because i because obviously i do this for work so then i've got to kind of get to see both sides of it yeah so saving is really um where now they're pushing it and that's kind of where i guess you would maybe think that what you had said had resonated with somebody that they wanted to save it. They wanted to come back to that post. They wanted to save what you were saying or save like a recipe or save a recommendation. And as well as direct messaging, the um, when you send it to your friends or send it to other people, that's also really high up on the Instagram's engagement list. It's now likes is actually kind of their lower point of entry into their engagement, which is it's kind of flipped on its head actually from what it started. But yeah, so that's where posts that are shareable and posts that are savable is where the interest now is. So I guess that's where you kind of influences kind of switched where before it would be like you'd be creating just really nice looking content. Whereas now it's more about what you're actually saying and what the content is saying and how much influence I guess that has on it. So that's definitely where when you go into the insights into Instagram, where, where you can see how much better a post is done, depending on uh, how many people have saved it and shared it or and commented as well. So likes actually aren't imp- as important anymore. <laughs> yeah, it really has because I think the likes is the, like the first thing yeah. you see. So yeah, uh, it's interesting that it has really like. I guess because they got they got rid of likes. 
the like visible legs anymore. So that's that visible part point of that is kind of gone now. So it is more about like where you're engaging with it personally rather than publicly. Right. So I see you when you post, you do interact with people who have commented on it. And mm-hmm. I think that's very different to some influencers who they'll just post a picture and then just kind of move on to the next thing. They just want they like I just won't look at the comments, just won't look at it. Yeah. How important is it to engage with your followers? and kind of builds uh, like actual authentic relationships with them yeah definitely um it's really important especially with comments if you get questions or even just replying to people like building that community um and especially if you get direct messages and messages from people with questions or replies to your stories like it is really important to be able to have those conversations and reply to them especially if we're saying like when it's like a bit more niche and that they finally found someone that they can relate to then and being able to have those conversations especially with other influencers as well I mean I've met so many great friends through my page I'm actually going to be a bridesmaid for one of a girl I met oh, through wow. my page which is like <laughs> I mean it's kind of the power of the internet it's oh, kind of crazy awesome. like yeah. I didn't like yeah I only met her through my page and we bonded over um over that because she's also gluten-free and vegetarian so yeah I wouldn't have been able to do that with I haven't been consistently like having conversations and having building um that community so it's it's definitely really important because once you are kind of in uh influencer community you can it definitely helps boost your page and boost like your posts and everything because you have that those interactions constantly so yeah definitely when if you are starting a page you have to be talking to everybody it kind it's it can take up quite a lot of your time especially if you're not doing it full time but it is just vitally important for a successful page awesome awesome um i think i think that all the questions actually um, <laughs> so yeah no thank you thank you very much that's that's really insightful and really like yeah really really interesting i didn't realize how the kind of the skill and the like, technique that goes into like, having these pages and like just making sure these pages grow uh, organically mm. yeah so you know congratulations i feel yeah the, the, the page is awesome do you want to plug the page for before you leave oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i'm on um, uh, instagram on glute, as gluten-free gatherer um so that's my page so yeah definitely check it out uh, for restaurants and recipes and recommendations thank perfect. you so much for perfect. having me no absolutely no thanks thanks for talking to me and yeah we'll put we'll put um a oh, link to thanks. your page <laughs> in, in in the show notes um but yeah thanks again oh thank you that was alona thank you very much to her for joining you can find her at gluten free gatherer on instagram that's all one word if you have got this far Thank you very much for listening and I'll be back next month. If you did enjoy it, if you enjoyed the conversations, please do share the podcast, uh, subscribe, um, tell your friends, all of that good stuff. And uh, we'll see you next month.